All right, welcome back to But Why Should I Care with Deanna Huff and myself, Ellie Huff. Today we're going to be discussing a an exhibit, an art exhibit to be specific, that both I and my mother happened upon in our little teeny tiny town of Oklahoma City. So there is a new exhibit downtown that is displaying sheets that like have printed on them like some like several of the scenes from the Sistine Chapel. So it's this Sistine Chapel exhibit. Michelangelo painted it back in the early 1500s and what's interesting about it is that Michelangelo was a sculptor, mm-hmm. right? And one of the popes called him to paint this. Mm-hmm on the ceiling which took about four years and it it depicts the creation account as well as some of the prophets Mm -hmm. and during that time period the protestant reformation had not yet happened right right and so you're gonna see uh, some things within the paintings that you wouldn't see in the protestant bible like you'll like the apocryphal stories some uh, some things from the apocrypha or maybe the sibyls yes. from the ancient Greeks that were considered prophets that yeah. pointed toward Christ. So there are some of those things in there, but it is exquisite. Right. It This is a painting that when you stand in front of it, you are in awe. And I have stood in front of paintings such as those that are in London mm-hmm. or even Oxford that take your breath away right this i haven't stood in front of in person in rome because that's where it's located at in vatican city but i would think that you would have the same sensation Mm -hmm. right and when you encounter the exhibit here in the city it does give you this sense of longing for Mm -hmm. beauty and and just embracing the ideal there right Mm -hmm. and i think that that's one of the things that's so important it's interesting because michelangelo he had this reputation that was very large Mm -hmm. in fact i think there were a couple of books written before he even passed away but yet he didn't necessarily see himself that way and it's been said that before his death he was this aging Uh, you know, artists that wrote to a Mm -hmm. friend and he said of himself, he said, a poor man and of little value, a man who goes along laboring in that art, which God has given me for as long as I possibly can. So he really did want to create things Mm -hmm. that were going to draw people to God. And you see that in some of his sculptures as well. I mean, he, he sculpted David, David. and it's a massive work, Mm -hmm. right? And these are the things, though, I think that we have lost in encountering in our culture. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about this being here Mm -hmm. in the city to be able to engage in those things. But why engage in those things? Right. I think that there is something in the fact that we encounter beauty and it points to God. Right. And you can't not recognize that it's being pointed to God because he is the topic of the pieces, right? He Mm -hmm. is the content. That is because if you haven't studied the Sistine Chapel or or been to the exhibit, you walk in 
And, you know, you have your prophets on one side, as she said, Sybils on the other. And then in the middle is the creation of man part. And you'll recognize that with it's like the two fingers touching, you know, almost touching where God is in the clouds away and then like creating Adam and he's being pulled down to earth. And then the last judgment is at the back. And it's like the most important piece to me in my experience of it all, because, you know, there's all sorts of characters. If you look it up, there's just tons and tons of very, each one of them, very important characters, right? Yes. So you're looking at all of these people and there's, there's uh, martyrs and there's saints and all these different people. And, and sometimes like they try and Michelangelo did a really good job of portraying who it was by like the martyrs are kind of like associated with probably the way that they died. And I don't yes. want to talk too much about that because it's, it's fascinating stuff, but you, you should really go look it up. And it makes you kind of like inspired by such a clear and true faith, right? Like they were faithful to death, right? Mm-hmm. And you see all, all of these characters doing that thing. And I think that we don't necessarily talk about how that is such great evidence for like the justification of the testimony of the people who, who died, right? The, the Christians who died for their faith. That's like, that's very strong, right? All these people looked into the face of death and said, I choose death over denying, right? That's right. Which is the epistemic call is to find this truth. And that, that supports what our effort, right? Did that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. So to that effect, why should we study this art? I think because one of the things that God has given us in this life is this ability to experience things. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of these experiences, and I I think when you look back into the book Surprised by Joy with Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis, you know, he's talking about this moment in time when he encounters a flower on the top of what his brother had brought together and formed as he was building some kind of child's play mm-hmm. box. And he okay. had laid this flower on top. And C.S. Lewis says, you know, I encountered this flower and all of a sudden inside of me, there was this longing, this desire for something. Oh, and yeah. And I think that when we look at people who are skilled like this and and draws out this art that is beautiful Mm -hmm. and and we look at these things in the world like c.s lewis is talking about it stirs up in us this longing for something that is perfect or Mm -hmm. idealistic or Mm -hmm. you know peaceful and it is the as he would say, it's the desired behind the desire. Mm -hmm. And the desire in and of itself when we're encountering the experience is like this awe moment Mm -hmm. that we feel this sense inside of us. And I think that it points toward who God is. And I don't know that we discuss enough in the church some of these things because we've really lost this in our culture. Yes, but I do understand how we have avoided the topic. A, because, you know, 
we don't want to fall prey to idolatry and all this stuff. Like we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, worship the painting over the, the painter. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's, it's, that's the kind of idea I understand. But also I think the more important thing to talk about is that it's hard to talk about because it's almost an ineffable experience. Right. And it also looks different for everyone. You can kind of generalize it. Be like, this is kind of what you're looking for, but you can't be taught necessarily how to experience art and how to introspect and contemplate. But I do think that we should be, you know, that's why in in particular, you know, smaller communities, smaller like focus groups almost, you should be talking about this with your friends because that's where you're kind of going to find ideas that you gravitate towards, particular styles of art that you gravitate towards. And that's kind of what I think has been beneficial for my experience because at the beginning of my uh, you know, college career. I wasn't like art is my thing. I love, love, I love looking at art. Like I was a little bit like intellectually insecure about it. Like I don't get art. Like I don't think it speaks to me the way that it it seems like it speaks to everyone else. But once you start to put yourself in front of these pieces more and more, and start to like develop your particular understanding of the world and yourself, and you see it in these different paintings, I mean, it, it's it's a beautiful experience, but. I mean, I feel like a little bit of it is like if someone asked me to watch sports for the art of it all, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, no, thank you. I'm good. I don't (laughs) think I understand. So I get where people are coming from when they feel like they're far away from the understanding. Or they want to keep a distance from it. And I I completely concur with you on that. I completely agree. I do think, though, that these are places that can point toward who God is. If we do as Michelangelo seemed to desire to do, and Mm -hmm. that was to use his skills and talents to point toward God, then I think that it gives us a bridge in the discussion to talk about who God is. One of the things that came to mind to me is the William Holman Hunt piece. It's a piece that he painted and There's actually one in Oxford, and there's also one in St. Paul's Cathedral. And it's basically this beautiful depiction of Jesus standing, knocking at the door. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, you might think, huh, where is the doorknob? Right. Right. But it's actually a depiction of Revelation. Yes. And the reason there's no doorknob is because he's standing at the door, but the person on the inside Mm -hmm. is the one responsible for opening the door. Mm -hmm. I stand at the door and knock, and and he's waiting for us to to open the door and let him in. And, And those are the things that I think, you know, we miss when we don't discuss some of these things yes. that can be pointing toward God. Yes, and I, I understand what you're saying in that effect. I think I was more focused on like, we can't necessarily tell you how to practice the experience, but we can tell you like what is possible if you try, right? Yes, yes. So, okay, so that's what we're doing. So that, just to clarify, yes. Also, another clarification Creation of man is just a universal flavor, in my opinion. Everyone loves it. Every, like, everybody appreciates it in some effect, even if it's just for the sake of, like, understanding how they saw the body at one point. You know what I'm yes, saying? Because yes. they portray a lot in the way that they pose the bodies 
and what they knew about like straight up are the inner workings of like how we're put together at all and you know how they're dressed and and how they saw authority figures and what was like social society in one painting anyways so that's fascinating but on back on the topic of longing and that that way that art opens up i feel like some of our intellectual capacities right yes or like cognitive capacities i don't know what word to use there but it's just like how pascal said we have a god-shaped hole and how the 1975 as we remember the other week ago god-shaped hole it's like continuing to persist right which is interesting because c.s lewis says this is an inconsolable yes longing exactly and augustine says our hearts are restless until they rest in you which is is just like all these like constant and it it makes sense too like you can like sit back and be like i get that and then you see pieces like art pieces you hear songs you're like they get it too we all get it so then that's where you can start because if you desire you know you're going to have the motivation to kind of like find the root of the problem right Mm -hmm. so that's what art can do for people and it's just also just the easiest way to discuss these topics is to start discussing art mm-hmm. and then you're going to get into a theological debate with like 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 that like i promise like, <laughs> so we have this experience of art that we're talking about right mm-hmm. and the potential that it that it has from my little itty bitty amount of studying that i've done um i've drawn that you know we can't necessarily define in the most you know black and white way the term art don't try it will make you go crazy i promise Mm -hmm. um we've tried and it's so difficult because in and of itself art is like inherently supposed to push boundaries right we see art being the spearhead of like movements you know people will take pictures they'll make paintings they'll throw soup on paintings because what we're like making a statement right like that whole you know, are you familiar with that story? Do you yes. know what I'm talking about? Oh, it when they just threw the soup on, on sunflowers. Goes, sunflowers, yes. Oh. What was that about? I'm just kidding. It was environmentalism. But the good thing is there was a piece of glass right in front of the painting. I didn't know that. I was devastated. Yes. Anyways. Yes. Anyways, almost $84 million, I think, or more than that probably. I don't think I had that number correct. Somebody fact check me. Anyways, so, you know, we have we have what is intuitively each of us can understand as art right uh but we can't necessarily say this is art this is not art but there is some understanding like if we use our common sense reason Mm -hmm. and intuition you can Mm -hmm. kind of say this is sort of more close to what i would consider art to be and this is maybe farther away from the ideal of what art could be right and it's interesting because behind every art piece Mm -hmm. what we're what we're saying is there's a worldview, right? Yes. And so, you know, if an art piece has an absence of truth anywhere within it, then people are going to try to look at that and define what what is taking place here. Right, try to resolve it, try to analyze it, right. So I think that, you know, if we start listing out what are the potential functions of the art, you know, then that could be more beneficial to our, like, to increase the quality of life, right? So that's what we're working on. So, like, you know, you can work on reorienting, you know, you're finding a new perspective when you're experiencing this art. You can reflect. So, you know, you're looking at 
new challenges to your worldview. You're reflecting mm-hmm. and being self-aware and being honest with oneself and, and recognizing that you still have doubts and we're still working through those, right? Art helps us like just to present a revelation every now and again, right? There's revelations that you can have. And it's just the concept that you've never been placed with this idea before in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't experience everything. And so sometimes art is the best way to have an experience that didn't happen first person, you know? Mm -hmm. So it opens up the mind. You have contemplation, which... And we've talked about how important we think that contemplation contemplation is. Right, for the Christian absolutely. Right. And then I would say, like, finally, like, it's for comfort, right? Mm -hmm. So... Art can bring this this challenge and also this comfort for the for your life, and I think that both of those things are important to doing the Socratic, the unexamined life is not worth living. You know, mm-hmm. resolving mm-hmm. that is a, a way that you can practice that. I think comfortably is through art, in my opinion. And I think that in the midst of you know encountering art, one of the things that is important is that. What we're saying is that it's it's like a signpost, right? Mm-hmm. You know, someone who is posting something and placing a sign that's pointing towards something else, right? So like yes. the statue of David that Michelangelo makes is, is pointing toward the actual event of David. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we see beauty in art or when we see or have these longings that stir within us for beauty they are pointing us toward who god is Mm -hmm. yeah and it it it, it's not like god's word god's word gives us the things that lay out the truths and the claims of who god is and who man is Mm -hmm. and so they also point to god in a different way in a different sense in a in in a, a claims intellectual way, we can understand God. But with art, there can be emotion and experience. And, and I don't think that they work against one another. Mm-hmm. Truth and beauty actually Enhance work together, other. right? Yeah. You don't want just beauty right. without God's word. That's not what we're saying. Right. But but they, they work together. Right. And that's all the whole concept of like, you know, teleological arguments, right? Is this whole concept of like, we can see that there's a complexity and an order and a beauty to what is around us. That makes me feel like there's probably something out there that is creating said complexity, right? There's the opportunity for chance, but is that the most logical decision? No. So, you know, we need to be drawing attention to those things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to recognize that this concept of truth, beauty, and goodness all go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. And in the relation to art, you have, I mean, when you're talking about virtue, epistemology, Mm -hmm. this is is something that's new to me. But as far as I understand, Linda Zagzabski, I believe she's a more current philosopher. And she was writing about how virtue is a trait entrenched in deep excellence, which that's obviously in reference to Aristotelian language. Um, so a trait entrenched in deep excellence of a person that is acquired by a process requires motivation and involves success. And if you kind of sit there for a second, you can be like, oh, wow, like these are uh, needs that need to, you know, have some type of 
like what how what are we going to do to accomplish this right Mm -hmm. uh and it's like they need to be cultivated yes so how do we do that art can offer motivation art can help you to analyze and learn and be entrenched in this deep excellence like right before your eyes right Mm -hmm. what does Mm -hmm. it look like to be a holy person right and you see all these saints and all these people that we look up to and when you see it face to face kind of thing you know it becomes more down to earth it feels more attainable Mm -hmm. so that's like motivating to the aristotelian you know uh, virtue ethics once again um i don't think there's gonna be a, i don't think there's gonna be a podcast we don't talk about virtue ethics and <laughs> to that i say i'm not sorry okay so aristotle makes a similar like assertion that this virtue epistemology we just talked about right uh, so he writes in his nicomachean ethics uh, the agent also must be in a certain condition when he does act virtuously right in the first place he must have knowledge second he must choose the act and choose them for their own sake, so not because they benefit you, right? Uh, and then thirdly, his actions must proceed from firm and unchangeable character. So what we're working on is learning, practicing, and making habit by way of just the pure goodness of a life that could be lived well, right? That's right. Yes. And one of the things that you see in the Michelangelo exhibit that really stood out to me was the idea that there are places where he presents the prophets Mm -hmm. and actually they won't be presented as someone who's older, but someone who's younger, a Mm -hmm. young child Mm -hmm. with two parents behind him in the back, behind the particular person that he's trying to bring forward in the background. And you almost think for just a second, now I wonder why he didn't (laughs) make them when they're older. But one of the things that's behind him doing that, they say, is that he's representing the the portrait of Jesus and his two parents as well and showing the idea of family and wanting to promote the idea of family, Mm -hmm. of a mother and a father and a young child, raising up this individual Mm -hmm. to to be aspiring to be a pleaser of God. I think that is very intriguing. And it is breathtaking when you realize these things as you're looking at them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. But at the end of the day, why should we care? A great question. A worthy question. So... Honestly, I think for me personally, and I can say this like from my first person experience, art has given me new capacities. It's opened up my mind to see things from a different perspective and be able to analyze that and challenge that and resolve like cognitive dissonance within myself, knowing something and acting a different way, right? And I've been able to see that tangibly, take the abstract. These all, all these concepts that I feel like are, are are so beyond me and unattainable, make them tangible and then feel motivated to do so, right? And I think that I agree with you in that. And when we look around at the world mm-hmm. and we hear the news every day oh. and we're mm-hmm. so bogged down Absolutely. by so many things that are happening in the world, mm-hmm. and then we have this opportunity to go and experience something that's pointing us toward God that is actually something that is beautiful and promoting this idea of, of 
drawing us in to feel the sensations that God has given us. Mm-hmm. I think that it allows us to remember that there is something beyond this world. Yep. And there was something before the sin of Genesis, right? Right. There was something that was perfect. And mm-hmm. and we yeah. are going to gain that again. And we can live life in such a way that we can enjoy these experiences when we have them in front of us, when we have the opportunity to take them. And mm-hmm. we can also look forward to an eternal thought toward truth and beauty mm-hmm. in heaven. No, that's that's exactly right. All right, we hope this one made you think.